2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I am joined today by a good friend. His name is Justin Boone, and he can be found on Twitter at Justin Boone. He is the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Boone, we got to check into this, man. It's the end of the season. We're now into the offseason. In the words of Marshawn Lynch, we got to take care of y'all mentals. How are you doing, man, as we look back on the end of the season going into the offseason?
1: You doing all right? Yeah, this is a a great time of year. Um, You know, there's still football on, but, you know, guys like us aren't in the weeds as much as we are during the regular season where it's that weekly grind. So we were joking before the show that that's something that you and I can talk to each other about. Some of us in the industry can talk about, but it's not something family, friends, We can't complain to them. We can't let them know because they're just going to laugh at us and say that, you know, it's not a real job that we do covering football all the time. So, yeah, this is a great time of year with, you know, the main fantasy season over. We got some playoff DFS and it is the perfect time to talk about Dynasty because all offseason long, we can make trades. I put out my trade value chart last week. Lots of stuff in there, lots of surprises, even for me when I was going through it in there. And some we'll probably talk about today, but this is the time. Get some offers out. If you're disappointed about how your team was during the season, start throwing those offers out now and try to get ahead of free agency in the draft and all that and make some moves and try to improve your team.
2: Uh, well, you you talk about it there. Like I looked at one of my dynasty rosters that just completely fell flat. Like I had Lamar Jackson. Allen Robinson, AJ Brown. I think Calvin Ridley was on that roster. Like I was going, Saquon Barkley. Like I was going into that and I was like, man, this, you guys just want to hand me the championship right now. Like I feel like (laughs) this team is just going to clean up this year. And now I'm at the end of it. I'm like, okay, obviously this team fell flat, but I get to make changes like right away. I get to uh, make some moves here, move some things around. That's something that you don't get when you play redraft. And you talked about like just going into watching the games with a fresh mindset, like watch sitting down this past weekend to watch the playoffs was so nice and not having to worry about when a player got injured or like anything like that and what it would do to my rankings and the like accuracy competition, everything I was just able to sit back, relax. It is a great time of year. Before we get into the conversation and looking at some dynasty wide receivers here with Boone, I want to remind you all that we are doing a giveaway. This is a Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. All that you have to do to enter is go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros, subscribe. That's all you have to do. Go over to fantasypros.com slash Dynasty Contest. Fill out the short form there and attach a screenshot of your subscription to be entered. Again, that is youtube.com slash fantasypros. While you are there and you are hitting that subscribe button, make sure that you check out this podcast. This podcast can be found there along with other quick hitting videos, live streams. We've got it all over at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Hit that subscribe button. Two birds, one stone, right? Helps us out. It is awesome to be able to help us out in this way. Continue to grow. Our, our YouTube channel here, but then also you get entered into that Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. So while you were over checking out this podcast and watching it, you can go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros, hit the subscribe button, two birds, one stone. All right, let's get into the dynasty wide receiver rankings conversation here. And Justin, we have a lot that we have to get to, right? T- talking about 20 players here and trying to fly through them. So let's get right to it. Give me the guys that you've got. We're going to take a look at the top 20 here, right? So give me the guys that you've got in the first tier. We'll go 20 to 16. Walk me through the names, and I've got some questions based on the noteworthy names that you provided.
1: All right, I can't wait to hear what what you have question-wise, but here we go. 20, Amari Cooper. 19, Michael Pittman. 18, Terry McLaurin. And I don't feel great about that one. we got to talk about that probably a little bit. Uh, Mike Evans at 17, and Devonta Smith at 16.
2: All right. So with Amari Cooper, that's kind of just one of the guys that I feel like that ranking right there is pretty safe. You know, like he's just one of these guys that as a wide receiver two on your dynasty roster, you can feel pretty comfortable with not necessarily someone that we think is going to push his way into the top 12 anytime soon. But the name that the next name on that list that I want to talk about is my guy. And I love seeing him here in the top 20 of your dynasty rankings. That is Michael Pittman Jr. I've been a Uh, just a a stout supporter of Michael Pittman juniors over since he came out of USC. So my question with Michael Pittman jr. Is what's the ceiling for him in this Indianapolis offense? If they invest a little bit more here at the wide receiver position, maybe we see Paris Campbell stay healthy next year. Uh, T Y Hilton, you know, moves on, they add someone else. Does he still have the ceiling in that instance to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver Or do you think this is kind of where he's going to remain because they are going to be so committed on the run game with a guy like Jonathan Taylor?
1: I think he does have the upside to get all the way up into that wide receiver one range because I look at him as a guy. He's got the size. He has the skill set to have a double digit touchdown season. Would it shock anybody if he comes out? We know how touchdowns can be fluky year to year when you have a guy like that where maybe Jonathan Taylor, we don't want to see it. Knock on wood. Maybe he gets hurt and misses time or maybe teams just start stacking the box down on the goal line and they start to decide to throw a few more passes to Michael Pittman in that area. I would not be shocked to see him have a 13, 14 touchdown kind of season. You look at the quarterback situation. Are they going to stick with Carson Wentz? Maybe, I mean, Pittman showed he can get it done with Wentz or maybe they find an upgrade. I don't think it's going to get worse than Carson Wentz at this point. So yeah, I really like Pittman and you know, people, can overrate the age thing. He is still entering his prime here. I think he turns 25 this year. Um, So really sliding into that perfect zone that you want for a receiver. I think sometimes people can get a little crazy about that. And we'll probably talk about some of these guys like an Amari Cooper, where you could probably get him at a pretty good discount right now because he's getting up to that. 28 29 range and people want to get off the ride at that right, point before
2: it, before it falls off they yep.
1: think that yeah it's going to completely fall off and i think case by case with receivers in that sense right you look at some of these guys that are great route runners a lot of them can continue to produce and we'll probably talk about a few of them as we go here but these guys can still continue to produce you can often get them at nice values you can use those second round rookie picks and add maybe a young receiver that hasn't proven themselves like a rondo Moore or something like that and pick up some of these guys like an uh, Amari Cooper, maybe, but Pittman for sure. I think he has that upside. I think we're looking at him just a second season here. He cracks a thousand yards, that's- and he has that skill set to really put up the big touchdown season. So I don't think he's going to be a guy that we're ever going to see have fifteen hundred yards or something like that. But really, I look at it as the touchdowns are what could get him there.
2: I think that that's such an interesting point because you talked about it. Where okay, let's say that Jonathan Taylor team starts stacking the box in the red zone. And it goes to show Jonathan Taylor, uh, Andrew Erickson on our recent podcast pointed this out. Jonathan Taylor had 92 red zone touches this year. The next closest was, I think, Austin Eckler with 62, (laughs) right? So regression has to come, right? Regression to the means has to come with Jonathan Taylor from a red zone touches perspective. And if that is the case, then where else are those, where else are they going to go? We know that this offense can move the ball with Carson Wentz. They're going to be in the red zone. But if those red zone touches come down, which we expect them to, then where's the ball going to go? It's going to go to the big-bodied receiver in the red zone. I think Michael Pittman Jr. absolutely could be that guy who sees his touchdown totals skyrocket as we move throughout his NFL career. The next guy on this list, you mentioned we're probably going to talk about him. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about him. That's Terry McLaurin, man. So looking at our uh, Dynasty ECR, which stands for Expert Consensus Ranking here at Fantasy Pros, Terry McLaurin. Is wide receiver 12 in our dynasty ECR. You have him here at wide receiver 18. And you know what? I really can't fight you on it. Like this is one of the rankings where I look at. I'm like, I get both sides of it. The talent level is there to dictate that he's wide receiver 12. However, the production and what we saw here throughout the latter half of the season, I can get ranking him here at wide receiver 18. So the question is, what do we do with Terry McLaurin?
1: yeah the the thing with him and the reason that i said i just don't feel great about that ranking is because the range of outcomes it, it could go anywhere with him we could continue to have bad quarterback playing yeah he has produced through it but we're seeing him become like that next Allen robinson right where he right. yeah he's putting up decent stats it's kind of based on volume here had 130 targets this year but he's really having some of these really bad down games we're seeing him get missed on passes all the time and that's no knock on Taylor Heineke, no knock on Ryan Fitzpatrick, who may or may not have been at the Bills game. We don't know if that video was him or not. I don't think yet, I really hope
2: it was. It sure looks really like hope him. Was, yeah. I also
1: hope it was him. But the quarterback play has been okay. But there were so many times this year where Heineke just missed McLaurin downfield. And, yeah, you could look at that and say, okay, we're going to get better quarterback play. Maybe they'll be able to find somebody, bring in one of these veterans who could be available. And all of a sudden – Terry McLaurin moves right up into the top 12 in my mind but the way I look at it he's also a guy that I think people might not realize is as old as he is he's not super old or anything but he turns 27 this year and I think people still look at him and this is where public perception has a huge part in dynasty right you try to figure out where's the public looking how do they feel about certain guys you talk about Amari Cooper who I think he's just one year older than Terry McLaurin, right. and yet he's played what eight seasons in the NFL, right? He
2: came in super young, yeah. Right.
1: And then you have McLaurin who came in and now he's going to be 27 already this year. And it's not that he can't still have a few really big years or several really big years if they figure out that quarterback situation, but because of that, it just makes me a little more apprehensive about him. And there's other guys on this list that I feel better about who I think have more upside, on top of the fact that we've seen Washington go out. And grab some receivers, grab a Dammy Brown, grab some other guys who could steal volume away from him as well. And when you look at McLaurin, does he really profile? I'm just not 100% convinced, I guess, that he can be that true number one, that he is going to be the unquestioned guy in an offense, I think there's a chance that somebody else could come in and really take away some targets in an offense that isn't necessarily going to be completely, you know, pass happy all the time and put up, you know, like Buffalo Bills style. We're just going to throw nonstop kind of thing. So that's why I look at McLaurin it's more just the range of outcomes that makes me worried about him. And when you're looking at dynasty assets, that factors into just how comfortable do you feel about that guy? Are you worried about the floor? And because of that, I have to have him a little lower and I would probably look to move off of him if I could and kind of capitalize on that name value.
2: Well, it's interesting too. You talk about the moves that Washington has made at the wide receiver position, but also what they could do here. Like we've taught, we've gone through uh, a free agent, you know, series here and looking at the incoming uh, free agent class here at the wide receiver position. And it's like guys like Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, do they end up in Washington? Does Washington look to make a, a complimentary addition opposite of Terry McLaurin and Deami Brown can be a guy who could continue to grow. They've got Curtis Samuel, but I think that Samuel is health this past year. Maybe he stays in a, you know, a, uh, a gadget type role, like someone that you really don't want to rely on as a full-time option. Do they make a splash at the wide receiver position? That's something to take into account as well. Mike Evans, the next guy on your list in this tier, probably not really something that we need to talk about a ton, just consistent, solid, uh, getting a little bit older. So you have to take that into account. He's right neck and neck with, uh, his dynasty ECR with where you've got him. The one though, Devonte Smith at, uh, at the next, at the next spot here is the guy that I want to talk about. And my question with Devonte Smith is, is his dynasty value completely wrapped up in Jalen hurts? Cause where we look at Jalen hurts as a passer, we know that he's limited. He's not going to be someone that we suddenly crown next year as one of the best passers in the NFL. He's going to be fine from a fantasy perspective, but as a, Someone who will provide consistent value to Devonte Smith. It's just not going to happen. So do you think that his dynasty value is completely wrapped up in who his quarterback is currently?
1: I definitely do. I will quickly say though, on Mike Evans, he's the kind of guy that I talked about a second ago with Amari Cooper. Mike Evans might be the poster child for the veteran that you can go get, probably cheap that people are looking right. at at the age and all of that, and yet still continues to put up good seasons. We think Tom Brady probably be back around. So anyway, I really like Mike Evans. If you're a contender, as a guy that you can go and get, and still has a, a couple good seasons in him here, uh, with Smith, totally agree with you that it is all about Jalen Hurts here. I think if Jalen Hurts sticks around, then you're looking at Devonta Smith is going to be capped as probably a wide receiver too, and yeah, he could still put up some good numbers. There's still some room for him to grow here. He had a nice season, not the kind of outstanding Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson rookie right. year, but he had a good season, had over 900 yards, I believe. Um, but yeah, looking ahead, you really need a quarterback change or really an offensive philosophy change. Cause when the year started, if you recall, if you look at what he did over the course of the season early in the year was getting peppered with targets, actually had some pretty good games early in the season. And then the Eagles made that decision. They were going to go more run heavy. And after that, there was a big chunk of the year where Smith kind of disappeared for a little bit. Now in the last month or so, he kind of came back around maybe there's an injury sometimes after the season we find out there's some injuries in there we don't know about but really had kind of a quieter part of the year when they started to lean on the run more that jordan howard range when they kind of just decided <laughs> right. that they could win games that way so yeah i'm totally with you there that i really like what we saw from him. i think he silenced a lot of critics who were worried that he wasn't going to be able to stay healthy he stayed out there all season long didn't miss a game right even playing the playoff game as well so uh, that's not as big of a concern. I don't think moving forward, you figure in NFL offseason, he'll be able to continue to kind of develop that body and fill out a little bit, but it is going to come down to the quarterback and really the quarterback and the system are tied. The reason that mm-hmm. they want to play that run heavy style is because of Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts isn't the quarterback, we saw when Gardner Minshew was out there, they're going to throw a little bit more, maybe take some more chances. I don't think Minshew's the answer, but they got a right. lot of early draft picks here. They can make a move up the board and try to find somebody
2: this is the balance of dynasty rankings is the production and the current situation and weighing that against the talent and what could be down the road. Right. So I get like, I've got Devante Smith down at wide receiver 22 and my dynasty ranking still someone that I think you definitely can have on your roster and can be a pivotal piece. But yet at the same time, you have to weigh it with what the current situation is. So having him here at 16 or ECR is wide receiver 21. I've got him at 22. Let's move into that next tier. So
1: give me 15 through 11, if you wouldn't mind. All right. We got Chris Godwin, who we briefly talked about earlier. Deontay Johnson, who's just constantly getting targets, no matter who's that quarterback. Uh, DJ Moore at 13. Stefan Diggs at 12 for my bills. I'm actually wearing a bills hat. It's just turned around, but definitely still supporting the bills. Love seeing them getting that big playoff win. And then at number 11, and I mentioned Terry McLaurin is the one I struggled with in the last group in this group it's number 11 for me it's DK Metcalf and there's a lot of questions about him which i'm sure we'll get to.
2: Yes, i've got uh, i've got some questions there for DK Metcalf. Let's go back to the top of that tier and we talked we talked about him briefly before, but Chris Godwin and i want to play this little game here with you of where would Chris Godwin rank in the dynasty rankings in in both situations here, right? If he stays in Tampa next year, okay, what's his dynasty ranking in that instance? What's the dynasty ranking if he leaves in free agency and ends up in a spot like Washington we talked about earlier, maybe Chicago, Alan Robinson moves on, they replace him with Chris Godwin, Uh, maybe something like Las Vegas, right? Like play it forward. What are the differences in dynasty rankings? Is it a big difference? Or do you think that this is kind of just where the tier that he's going to be in?
1: Well, and then there's a whole nother aspect that we can talk about. The other wrinkle being the ACL injury, right? A receiver right, having exactly. a, an ACL injury that late in the season. That's the thing that I really think is unfortunate for him. But yeah, you look at it. Another guy that a lot of things could change for him here. If he ends up back in, in Tampa, that's kind of how I'm ranking him here. So that's kind of the range I would have him. If he changes teams almost to any situation, we've seen a lot of free agent receivers. The top end guys tend to be okay, but a high-end guy who has to deal with an off-season injury that he's rehabbing from, that means less time out there practicing with his new quarterback, less time to develop that chemistry in the off-season. It's not going to be a Stefan Diggs, I'm going to hang out with Josh Allen all off-season long, and then I'm going to be able to hit the ground running when the season starts. Right. So I think that would really hurt him if he changes teams. If he sticks in Tampa, if Brady comes back, then yeah, he's going to be in this range. And really, then it comes down to the ACL injury and – it's hard to judge right now with, with medicine and we're seeing, you know, Cam well, Akers Cam coming back <laughs> and playing and kind of blowing away. Now, is he just a, a freak and able to kind of overcome it? Like we've seen some other guys like Adrian Peterson kind of overcome injuries in the past, or is that the new mold? And that's what we're going to see from running backs and from players that end up with Achilles tears. Then you look at ACLs. We've seen some guys come back, not have a lot of issue, get back pretty quickly, eight, nine months back out in the field. Some other guys closer to a year before they're really back to Mm -hmm. themselves. So I think that factors in. If there was no injury to speak of here, if we were just looking at him as completely healthy, Chris Godwin, and we're entering next year like that, he would be up inside my top 12 and probably inside my top 10. Like I really like Godwin, a guy who can win anywhere on the field, right? You put him in the slot out wide, a guy who definitely has that nose around the red zone. So a player that could really put up huge seasons, we've seen it from him. He was on pace to, to do it again this year didn't end up playing in as many games as we would have liked to have seen, but a guy that definitely could move up this board pretty quickly. If that ACL injury ends up uh, healing pretty, pretty well.
2: In one of my main dynasty leagues, I had Chris Godwin drafted in like the startup draft back in 2018 or whatever. And then I added Michael Gallup this uh, during the season, excited for what could be in free agency. (laughs) And now I have absolutely no clue what that team is going to turn into. Sounds like Uh, you have a
1: lot of bad luck with uh, some of the injuries in these dynasty leagues. uh. Yeah.
2: Anyone that I've got on my dynasty (laughs) rosters, you guys want to trade away, Uh, get away from Uh, them. Deontay Johnson was the next guy on that list. Really nothing there to talk about. Consistent, solid, steady. The question that I got with the next guy is DJ Moore. And that is where would you where would DJ Moore rank for you if the Panthers make a splash at quarterback, right? We've got David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. He knows that he can't go into next year and try this Sam Darnold, you know, rejuvenation project, Cam Newton, PJ Walker. You just can't do this. He's got to make a splash to be able to win at the quarterback position. Uh, And so I think looking at Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whatever that whoever that veteran quarterback is, if they do make a splash is DJ Moore suddenly like that. He's into the top 5 for you or does he push top 10?
1: Well, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm really wearing the things I love, right? I got the the Bills hat on here. I got the the score shirt grab the wrong side. There we go. I got the there score go. shirt going. Um I would have a DJ Moore shirt or jersey on as well if if he this was going to end up in that uh, situation. This is the helmet
2: right here. Right there here you go. DJ Moore signed helmet right there.
1: Absolutely love DJ Moore. One of my favorites. You know in our Dynasty League in the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Invitational couple years ago, I think you were in the league at that point, uh, made a, a pretty big trade. I thought at the time, there was kind of several players going both ways, but it came down to Amari Cooper for DJ Moore at that point. And it was just, I was in love with what I was seeing. We're seeing a, a young receiver come to the league, put up great numbers, do it with, you know, fairly bad quarterback play. I mean, it was Cam right. Newton with the busted shoulder. It was Kyle Allen. It was all these bad quarterbacks right. and he's still able to get it done. Right. So really fell in love with them there and we've seen it continue. And yes, the quarterback play hasn't been great. And yet he continues to put up these 1100 yard seasons, the touchdowns. Yeah. They haven't really been there for him. And he's even talked about that. Right. And maybe if we could see, you know, more things from the offense, better quarterback play, we'll see more scoring opportunities, but it's, it's not like he's a guy that, you know, can't score touchdowns or anything like that. Like we've definitely seen him put up decent games and find the end zone multiple times in the same game. So yeah, he is a guy that, Really, when we're talking about upside, a guy that in this range has maybe more upside than anybody would end up in the top five if we put him together with a good quarterback. If we saw, mm-hmm. you know, Deshaun Watson, all that sort of stuff. Right. If, if if the off field stuff was solved and we knew Deshaun Watson was going to play next year and Deshaun Watson ended up in Carolina, then, yeah, DJ Moore starts to push up into that range. Top seven, top five for me in Dynasty because he is still so young. He just turns 25 in April. We talked about Amari Cooper being yeah. that guy. DJ Moore, also that guy.
2: The last guy in this tier is DK Metcalf. And Metcalf is a super interesting case study. I've got him lockstep with you. I've got him at 11 in my dynasty wide receiver rankings as well. Someone that we had, I think, I don't know about you, but I had him around the wide receiver one in dynasty coming into the year. This was someone that we felt extremely confident building our rosters around. And then we saw the the first half of the year, it looks great. And then the latter half, I mean, he went, what? eight games straight without scoring a touchdown, something like that. Like it was just not happening for DK Metcalf. Now we have Russell Wilson potentially on the move. So is this the time to move DK Metcalf in your dynasty league with all the Russell Wilson trade chatter? Is this the time where you just take whatever you can get and try to move off of him?
1: No, I'm not taking whatever I can get. I never want to sell when a player's kind of at their lowest. So no, I wouldn't do that. But When you look at DK, there's so many problems here, right? There's so many unknowns. And I think sometimes, especially in Dynasty, and I'm big on this one, on my podcast, on the Score Fantasy Football podcast, I am always saying, when I don't know something, I'm going to tell you I don't know. I'm not going to come on and pretend I have all the answers. That's silly. And in Dynasty, it's a perfect example of that. Because in Dynasty you want to be able to kind of hedge. You don't want to go all in on a situation that really has a terrible, terrible outcome potentially. And if we see Russell Wilson leave, we don't know who's going to end up being the quarterback there. We've already seen DK Metcalf struggle. I don't know what's going to happen with that offense. We saw them run the fewest plays of any team this year. They averaged three fewer plays than the next closest team. And I think it was like 13 or 14 fewer plays than the top team. I'm pretty sure the Ravens were the top in that category. So this is an offense that, wasn't having a lot of plays. So that hurts all the fantasy assets there. Then you have Russell Wilson, maybe not there. A lot of changes could come. It could go any way here. So yeah, if you can get a decent return for DK at this point, yes. If the return is just like you're saying, sell him for what you can get and move on. I'm never going to do that. I would rather hold yeah. a guy like this who physically could be that julio jones calvin johnson dominant player and we've seen that from him right we saw it in 2020 we saw it at times this year you know he had the the three Mm -hmm. touchdown game he could really take over games now route running he's not on the same level as those guys by any means definitely still some work to do there but this is a guy that could take over games could dominate in the right situation just you might have to wait this one out and see where it goes and maybe try to find that perfect time in the off season. If there's some reports that Russ is yep. coming back, maybe that's when you try to make the move as opposed to right now, where I don't know about you, but I feel like most people are kind of leaning, like it's going to be Russell Wilson, not in Seattle next season.
2: Yeah. And again, it's, it's weighing the expectations of what we had in mind with DK Metcalf coming into the year. Like I mentioned unanimous top five dynasty wide receiver and then now where he's at the public perception it's kind of a letdown right so i think if trading him right now is probably not the move let's move into that next tier here give me 10 through 6 if you don't mind
1: all right another guy i love number 10 t higgins number nine aj brown really we're gonna love all the guys at the top here but number eight debo samuel number seven Jalen waddle number six Devontae adams
2: all right. So yeah, we're now into the territory where it's like, we are nitpicking here as far as, you know, the players that we've got ranked where, right? So the one that I want to start on here is just T Higgins. And I want to point out his dynasty ECR is wide receiver 15. we We've Got him up at 10. That's a big difference in this range where we've got some really, really talented players. So I'll just pose you this question. Why are you higher on T Higgins? I mean, did, did you
1: watch him play this year? Like it was, a, <laughs> it was a, a funny there, end of I, analysis. There we go. I mean, we saw him have a great rookie season last year. I think really the biggest concern, if Jamar Chase did not show up in the off season, if they had went with Pene Sewell or someone else, everyone would have been just all over T Higgins. There was no really downside to him. The guy was phenomenal. We were excited about what we saw last year. Jamar Chase shows up and all of a sudden everybody's like, okay, well, T Higgins must be done then. And I know there's some people, myself included, who I was still kind of big on T Higgins. I, I know in my mind, Chase is still going to be the better receiver long term, but that's not a hundred percent. I'm not totally confident on that. I think it could be pretty close. And we saw this year what happened. Now T. Higgins comes out in the first couple of games and he had 58 yards in week one and a touchdown, 60 yards in week two and a touchdown. Then he gets hurt and misses some time. I am so curious what would have happened if he didn't miss that time because then he yeah. came back was a little rusty for a few games. Mm-hmm. And defenses obviously were seeing what Chase was doing early in the year and they adjusted. And then all of a sudden you see Higgins just absolutely go off, right? Was it, it games we had uh, 78 yards or more in six of his next eight games after that had totals yep. of 97 yards, 114 yards, 138 yards, 114 yards again. And then that huge game, 194 yards and two scores. That was by far his best game of the season. So those are are wide receiver one numbers in fantasy. And, Another thing that happened as the year went along early in the year, Joe Burrow coming back from the knee injury. I think they played it safe with him a little bit. They were running the ball. They weren't thrown as much early in the season. And then as the year went along, they've opened it up. Obviously it's worked out. They're still playing in January yep. here. And we've seen chase and Higgins have these really big games and the odd time Tyler Boyd, but he's definitely taken a back seat to those other two. So I think we've seen other receivers finish on, on teams have teammates finish in the top 10 together. I think we're gonna see this happen with Chase and, and Higgins here, maybe for a while. These guys are all so young. T Higgins, it's his birthday today, actually. He turned 23 yeah, today.
2: Birthday,
1: T. Uh, shares a birthday with my dad. So shout out happy birthday, Gordon. Boone. Go. <laughs> um, they, those guys are sharing a birthday today. But yeah, Higgins to me, we saw what he did as a rookie. We were very excited about it. We saw what he did for most of the season this year, other than when he was hurt that one stretch. I think I love what I'm seeing from him, even though he has a teammate who is also outstanding. This is a team that's going to be able to throw the ball a lot. It's going to be a prolific offense and Higgins is going to get his numbers as he showed in the second half of the year. The best
2: part about this moving forward from a dynasty perspective is this offense is very predictive. We know exactly what's going to be next year because they don't have any needs, right? They're not going to change the running back position. They've got Joe Mixon locked up. They've got the quarterback. They've got Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They're not making any investments there. So it's like, I think that they could move into next year and just say on offense, the only things that we need to patch up, let's pour some resources into the offensive line. But for from a fantasy perspective, all we get to do is just say, whatever happened last year, let's just project that forward. We don't have to wonder and worry about what's going to happen. And we know that T Higgins can be dominant, can be an extremely talented player. Run through the rest of that tier for you. It's AJ Brown, Debo Samuel there. I'm really interested to see what happens with Debo Samuel moving forward is what we had this past year predictive. Is that what we can, is it sustainable? Is it something that we can have moving forward? Jalen Waddle, you had at wide receiver seven. He's wide receiver 13 in dynasty ECR. I side more with your ranking. I love seeing Jalen Waddle that high. And then you got Devontae Adams here to end out the tier. uh, And I'm really interested to see what happens with Devonte Adams and Aaron Rodgers in that whole saga. I think that that story is yet to be written as far as what happens here in the postseason for green Bay. Let's move into that next year. As we wrap up this show, so Justin,
1: go ahead and give me five through one. All right. Number five, Tyree kill number four, Cooper cup, number three, CD lamb, number two, Jamar chase, who we just talked about. And number one for me is Justin Jefferson. And I will say before we get into this grouping, there is so much time spent on twitter on dynasty twitter where everyone wants to argue who is the wide receiver one in dynasty and i get it it can be fun to argue that stuff but i don't see the point i don't know why we waste our time is that going to really help you win a dynasty league i don't think so at all you you want these guys it is going to be difficult to trade for these guys maybe somebody like cooper cup or tyree kill who are a little older if you're a contender maybe you could pay up to try to get them but it's gonna be incredibly expensive to get any of these guys on your dynasty team I don't know. We're really just kind of splitting hairs when we get up into this range.
2: Yeah. I mean, any of these five guys are going to help you win your league, right? Like any of these guys. So deciding between one or the other, they're really all kind of in that same tier, right? As far as how we do rankings and tier them together. The only question that I had as I sat down and looked at this list for you is does Cooper Cup's age when he's going to he's 28 right now. Does that give you any sort of concern of drafting him as a cornerstone piece of a dynasty startup draft? Right. You're going into I've got him at three in my dynasty rankings. So I'm right there with you. But does that does his age, if you're going into a dynasty startup and you say, OK, I want to be able to kind of get some younger guys. But as a cornerstone piece, based on what happened this year, you're going to have to draft Cooper Cup in the first round over some solid running backs. Does that give you any sort of concern? Or are you saying over the next two to three years is the window that I'm playing dynasty in. And I know that Cooper cup is going to help me win championships.
1: Well, I will admit I I've been wrong on Cooper cup before I was more of a Robert woods guy this year. And that obviously threw some egg in my face on that one because Cooper cup obviously just outstanding. But we're, now we're talking more about my like startup strategy. And when I look at that, mm-hmm my strategy and I did it in the the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Invitational several years ago where I drafted a, a young Devonte Adams and a young Michael Thomas and I forget and a young Amari Cooper and I had those three kind of we start five receivers in that league it's very deep starting lineups but I had those three as like my my core of my receiving group and I let them just kind of age gracefully until I traded right. Cooper but that for me is more the approach I'm not going to spend up and get and once again I could be proven wrong on this one and I just won't do it. I won't spend up to get that older receiver in a startup draft. For me, I want to go receiver early, and I want to go young receiver early. So we mm. talked about a bunch of names on this list. If I can get a guy who has shown me he can do it and it's proven much better than somebody like a Brandon Ayuk, who I took in a startup last year, and obviously I overpaid at the time. Came back around a little as the the season yep. went along, and you know the story's not finished on him yet, and still looked pretty good in the second half of the year. But you want to pay up for the young receivers who are going to be on your team for a long time are going to hopefully have long careers. If they avoid injuries, I do not want to pay up for an older receiver who, yeah, he's going to have a couple of good years, but that's just not my style. I want to go young receiver early. And then I want to try to backfill with tons of running backs because the other thing is if you can get a lot of high-end receivers, especially young ones who are going to be on your team for a while, you don't have to use as many uh, roster spots on receiver at that point right then you can kind of minimize the amount of roster spots you're using on receiver and maximize the amount of roster spots you're using on wherever else you need it if it's a super flex league maybe got to need to take a few more shots on some quarterbacks that are projects and could come along especially though on running backs and i think this year was a perfect example of that where yeah it was i'm just trying to load up my bench with as many of those backups and sometimes even third string running backs as i can because as the year goes along we see those guys have value and you can either trade them away for something. Maybe if you don't need them in the middle of the season and someone else wants a few starts, or they think that that guy could take over the job. So you could do that, or you could just use them. And that's kind of what I did. I ended up winning the the fantasy pros league this year that we're in because I had all these different guys contribute for me along the way. I didn't have a great running back core, but because I had a bunch of different guys step up for me, it got it done. And, and I think that's the one position where we know, we know in redraft as the year goes along, that's the one position where you can find those starters who get that volume and all of a sudden they bounce up and become a nice piece for you in a given week or for a month or something like that. So for me with receiver, it's, it's younger receiver early. I'm not going to pay up for a guy like Cooper Cup.
2: That's good information, man. All right, so there were a couple of notable omissions that as I went through your list here that I wanted to just, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I think you had just outside the top 20, so not necessarily someone that we need to talk a ton about, but the one that I did want to spend at least a, a minute here is Calvin Ridley. And what do we do with Calvin Ridley right now in Dynasty Leagues? There, he, we obviously know that he stepped away from the team for mental health uh, concerns and taking some time, which completely support. Make sure that you're correct as you're going into, you know, a high intensity, you know, sport and everything like that. You got to make sure that you're fully there. But then also now there are talks emerging that it might be time for a break here between the uh, Falcons and Calvin Ridley. So I think you had him down at wide receiver 30 in your dynasty rankings. I have him at 24. So uh, I, someone that is just kind of, is this a placeholder ranking for you at wide receiver 30 or because you don't think that he's coming back anytime soon? Or is this really like I'm putting him here and I got to wait and see what this situation plays out
1: as. Yeah, it's, it's the risk involved. It is kind of a placeholder for me there. Um, but it also reflects that I don't want to take that risk, right? If I could right. trade Ridley right now and get anything close to, to fair value for him, if you're going to give me a, a first round pick for Ridley at this point, I'm taking that. I would rather have that first round pick that's more liquid that I could maybe move for another piece or that I could just take a, a rookie, take a young receiver and see if I can get them to produce for my team rather than the unknown or really because what we saw from him, yes, I saw the thing recently about the potential, you know, trade that could happen and maybe that could change things for him. But what I read, his his goodbye, it really seemed like that could be it for I, him. Like I it, dropped
2: him down dynasty rankings initially. And yeah, it's kind like of moved back up. But adding that in that uh, post
1: that he had, I was like, I'm I don't think he's coming back and we've seen i mean he is he's very young to be you know walking away from the game if that's what he ends up doing but we've seen other guys leave before we expected right like we've seen so many of the the Calvin Johnsons Calvin and Johnson, the Barry right. Sanders and these guys kind of really shock us and walk away from the game several years before we expected so you know with with the player empowerment thing with you know mental health with people just realizing how important that is and maybe him realizing that he's already made some money and you know he's okay and he needs to focus on himself I think that would send a great message. If that's what it takes, if that's what he needs, that makes sense. That's what he should do, mm-hmm. right? He shouldn't be forced to, or pressured to come back and play football just because we all expect that he should be out right. there because we have him on our dynasty teams and really right. want to see him out there. People should be supporting that. So yeah, for me, it's just about the risk there. And if I could get anything for him at this point that I thought was fair value, I would rather have that option than holding him and just kind of the unknown. Now, If he ends up getting traded, if we know all of a sudden for sure that he's going to come back, he's going to make a pretty big jump back at my rankings, and he's going to be back into that top 20 for sure because we've seen what he can do. He's already proven himself, but right now I don't feel confident that that's going to be the outcome.
2: All right, bold prediction time as we wrap up the show here, Justin. Which player outside of your top 20 that we did not talk about here today will rise up to be a top 12 dynasty wide receiver at this time next year? Call your shot.
1: Man, there are so many guys that I want to say here. I can't say Brandon Ayuk now because that one I'm just trying to force <laughs> happen, right? That one, right. I'm just trying to will into Speak existence. into existence. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one I will say, and it's probably cheating, so I'll give you two, but uh, Elijah Moore, and he is just outside of my top 20, but that's a guy that we saw the talent from him. We saw him really step up. I think that offense is only going to get better. I think Zach Wilson will show us a little bit more. We saw a little more from him as the year went along And he's a guy that when we're looking for these receivers that could see just incredible volume, Elijah Moore could see a ton of volume in that offense. So, And I think he would deserve it as well. So he's definitely one. And then if we want to go a little further down, I don't think that the story's over on Rashad Bateman yet. I know a lot of people want to look at rookie receivers, and if they don't really produce big time, they want to get off of those guys. I still think Bateman has the talent to produce here. I think it was a really wonky season for him when he talked about the injury coming in, then the injury to Lamar Jackson. We saw some flashes and I liked the things I saw. He looked like a guy. One of the biggest things with rookies is we want to see, do they belong? Is this a guy who can win at the NFL level and can he do it continuously? And I think we saw that from Bateman. We saw enough flashes from him that he's going to be a guy that's going to have a long career in the NFL and a guy that could turn in to a true number one. And I know there's a lot of people out there that love Hollywood Brown, but to me, that offense, I think we could see a situation where Bateman develops into more yep. of that true proven number one and Brown ends up being kind of that spark plug speedster number two, that explosive game breaker, but Bateman's the one getting more volume eventually. So he's a guy that I think is really going to move up the board in the next year. Yeah.
2: Awesome. This was a podcast that was packed with information and taking a look at your top 20 dynasty rankings. And again, we talked about it like going into the podcast. This could have easily been an hour long, hour and a half, two hour conversation. Tough to get it into underneath 40 minutes or 30 minutes. So Justin, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Tell everyone what you got going on at the score and where they can find you online.
1: Yeah. I mean, you can find me on Twitter at Justin Boone, lots of stuff coming out at the score. Now I took a week off at the end of the season there after the, the main fantasy season was over, but we're right back at it now. Last week, put out my early 2022 rankings. Like I said, I put out my dynasty trade value chart late last week. Uh, this week we're going to have a look at some early breakouts. We're going to do one for every team, which can be pretty challenging. There's a few teams that might not have a true breakout candidate yet, but, I'm going to at least explain all of that as we go through the article and the score fantasy football podcast took a couple weeks off after the season, but we're going to be back with that. I'll talk about some of those rankings decisions that I made in my early rankings in that one. And we'll continue to to crank out content here throughout the playoffs. We'll start to look at top free agents. We'll start to look at this year's draft class. And we're going to have to have you on the score fantasy football podcast again. It's been a, a minute since you've been on with us.
2: It has been, man. Hey, the, the, uh, I'll be smashing accept as soon as that uh, request comes through. Always well, fun to get the chance. That's too. what I
1: did when you, you threw out the invite and I'm, I'm glad we we're able to do this, man. Cause yeah, we hadn't, uh, talked like this at least in a while a lot of twitter messages but i hadn't got a chance to talk like this in a while which is probably why before the show we were talking for so long right we We were like we should probably start record
2: (laughs) we should record this we need to get going i got i got things to do man no a ton of fun man as always reminder for everyone that we have the Najee harris signed jersey giveaway going on Courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction, you know what to do. You go to YouTube.com slash Fantasy Pros. Hit the subscribe button. Then go to FantasyPros.com slash Dynasty Contest. Fill out the short form there. Attach a screenshot. That's all you have to do to be entered to get that Najee Harris signed jersey giveaway. All right, that'll do it for today's show. For Justin Boone, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fantasypros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.
0: This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.